Andrew Friedman, Dave Roberts. That's right. The Dodgers win it all in 2020. Welcome back to Dong City, November 2nd, 2020, day before Election Day, show number 38. Vince Mercandetti, Henry Maldonado, those Russian hackers seem to affect us. We had a little technical difficulties, but we're good now. Vince, how we doing, baby? Okay, uh, we're doing fine now. Uh, yeah, the America does not want you to be happy at all. And this is the last normal day we're going to have for a while. So uh, let's try and eat it up as much as we can. But we are Enjoy here. We need it. Enjoy it now, fellas and, and ladies, because tomorrow after tomorrow, it is going to be a shit show and you'll have a shitload of Dong City episodes to rewatch. So have fun yeah. while you can. All 38 of them. So welcome to Dong City. Uh, we are now officially back into the offseason. Um, the World Series has ended. The Dodgers are world champions. In case you've been living under a rock, something Henry and I both predicted before the playoffs started. Before um, uh, before the season started, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Before the season started, I think I had the Yankees over Dodgers, but I had the Dodgers in the World Series. I, I believe I had the Yankees, I mean the Dodgers winning it also. And there you go. And we actually will have a special guest in a few minutes uh, who also had the Dodgers winning it also. He's coming here to collect. That's Sean Resort. Oh, he's coming to talk a lot of shit. He had the Dodgers winning the last three years, I think. Yep, yeah. He's <laughs> one of those double, triple down options. His dong is extra heavy today. Um, yeah, he's he's feeling it, and uh, he's been waiting a long time for this. So, you know, yeah. we'll get to talk to him about that. We do have some current events to get to as well. Baseball offseason has started, and it started with uh, kind of a bang, an old bang, if you will. And that's uh, Tony Larusa hired to the White Sox, probably the first thing we want to get to here. <clears throat> Henry, what are your initial thoughts on this hire? So after we made fun of Bush now, obviously our resident White Sox fan and, and – and uh, podcast host on uh, the Audible. If you take a step back, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a completely different approach than you thought I was going to. I actually think this hire might work. Might work. I, I don't. I mean, that's every hire. Let's be real. Yeah. I I you know on on its surface we laugh. He's an old guy in an age of analytics. You know, he's 75, 76 years old. But we're talking about a guy that has over 2,700 career wins, three World Championships. And he's never really left the game of baseball. You know, after he left baseball, he went to work uh, for the Dodge, for the Diamondbacks. Then he worked with the Red Sox, where he did help bring a ring to them in 2018. And I think he was last working with the Angels. So this is the guy who's been a lifer in the game. He's managed egos. He's managed stars. He's managed controversy. Um, he's forgotten a lot of baseball than probably most managers know. And... Working in those front offices, I think that this is a good hire. I think this is a guy, how when we all say <clears throat> analytics has been driven too far, i.e. Kevin Cash, Aaron Boone, those kind of guys, when they make boon-headed decisions and they use a book, even though common sense says, hey, this guy is hot, you've got to ride him, the book says no. The book says don't let him go through the lineup three times. This is a guy that I think embraces analytics and has so much baseball acumen behind him and so much cachet and, and so much equity in the game that he's the perfect guy that can tell an analytics department, okay, I understand what you're saying, but fuck off. This is the right move. This is what we're riding with. This is my gut feeling. I watch the game. I know the game. And if there's anyone, anyone that can do that, Tony LaRusso is that guy. So I actually think this is a good hire for the White Sox. Kind of in between, which is probably not surprising to anyone who, who has been watching the show for a, a long time, uh, tend to go the moderate route. I, you know, when this hire first happened, I was very much on the, you saw it in baseball life. I mean, I was just making yeah, yeah. them left and right. Tony LaRusso is 76 years old, 74 years old, something like that. Um, look, I am a recruiter by day. That is my trade. And for me, I think a lot of times, whether it's president of the United States, manager of the White Sox or anything else, you have to acknowledge that there's a prime to things. And the prime for baseball management does not extend to 75. If you're 75 years old or in your 70s or whatever, you're out of your prime. So I'll preface all of that by saying that no matter how you look at this, Tony La Russa is not the Tony La Russa he was 10 years ago, and he's not the Tony La Russa he was 30 years ago when he was managing. Um, but that said, I do kind of, I've come a little bit more towards the middle towards you, Henry, in that 
Tony Russo was one of the first managers really introducing modern day analytics. If you remember that World Absolutely. Series, yeah, that they won with the Cardinals, uh, he was getting heckled left and right for taking out his starters so quickly. Um, he was being blamed for all of for having too many bullpen moves, going to the mound too many times, taking his starters out first sign of trouble. That was all like the the budding of modern day analytics. So. If you look no, at the person, yeah, he's been ahead of the curb. Now, he's been out of management for nine years. But to your point, Henry, he's still connected to the game. He's still been in front yeah. offices and whatnot. Um, in that sense, I like all of that about him. Uh, I don't think it's impossible to teach an old dog new tricks. I mean, we, Dusty Baker, if you look at the big picture with the Astros this year, they weren't very good. But they still got that team within a game of the World Series. Um, and he's old, <laughs> he's old and, and a guy that many people felt shouldn't manage again. So can it work out? Yes. Like Tony Larusa is definitely <clears throat> capable of learning new things. He's capable of adapting to new things. Um, but do I think it's going to work out? I, this isn't the, this isn't the hire I would make. If you're going to go the route of analytics, Tony Larusa is not the guy I'd hire because what's the long-term plan? Well, this is why I like years tops. That's partly why I like it. I think, you know, if the White Sox were smart, they'd have a young manager who can learn from him as a bench coach. And I, think, yeah, I mean, and I think you have those things that you, you know, there's just things that some guys know that you can't teach. You have to watch and you have to observe and you learn by attrition. And like you said, Tony Russo was truly the first analytics manager, first analytics person. He ideally, you know, he created the bullpen. I mean, guys, you know, used bullpen guys before yeah, but he really was the it. first manager who used the bullpen the way we see it today he is kind of the architect of the bullpen right. and i mean let's be real that's how games are won now you, you saw how the dodgers did it i mean i i think i i like this hire a lot um to your point i i definitely think they'd be smart to have a, a nice young manager you have um, to have someone getting coach. groomed you yeah, have yeah. to have someone getting groomed totally agree with that but i i am leaning on the fence of i i like this hire it makes sense. It's guys that are super young, guys that are talented, guys that he can control. Like I said, he's managed, you know, Maguire and, and Canseco, some of the, the wackiest dudes who've dealt with some of the craziest shit. And there's nothing that he hasn't seen in the game. I mean, yeah. he even he was pretty critical of Colin Kaepernick a couple of years ago, which he's backpedaled and took back this year. And he did it with grace and, and candor. I mean, I respect this dude, and I, and I think it's a really good hire, and I, and I think this this is going to go places. And, and did, we may see more of this, more of this, these older managers coming back to manage a couple seasons. <laughs> Jack McKean. I'm telling you, you're going to see it. You're going to see these older guys come back to say, hey, there's still an art to managing. And there's bullshit that you can't manage, that anybody can manage a team that's bullshit. There's an art to managing. There's a feel of the game. There's things that you just can't have in a binder and you can't quantify with stats. And, and good managers will feel that. Joe Torre will tell you he managed with his gut half the time and his moves worked out pretty damn well. Yeah. Well, the first half of his tenure. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, if the angle here is that Tony Lewis is going to come into a very young White Sox team mm -hmm. and create a culture for them to be competitive long term as they enter a World Series window. You can sell me on that. Do I think this is the best execution? I don't like to be this risky when it comes to the beginning of a World Series window. And maybe that's a little bit of a, a PTSD from what the Yankees have done, mm -hmm. you know, as you've said, Henry, handing the keys to a Ferrari to a, yeah. a new driver like they did with Aaron Boone. I don't want new managers. I don't want old managers. I want the guy you're going to have there right. long term to, to see this through with prior management experience. Um and so in that sense, I don't like it. But if you want to sell me on the fact, hey, Tony Roos is going to come in here. He's going to get this team ready to contend for the next decade because mm -hmm. that's the kind of farm system and now talent the, the White Sox have. Fine. I could believe that. We'll see. I mean, it could very well, in my mind, turn into a Bobby Valentine type hire uh, that just does yeah. not work in Boston like it didn't in Boston. But it, it could work. Um, yeah, the difference is Bobby Valentine was over, always overrated as a manager. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, he had the one run with the Mets, really. and uh, He's, and he's more flair and he's more dramatic than he is manager. This is what you want to avoid. What you always want to avoid, regardless of what sport it is, is you don't want to be the Knicks. You don't want to hire Phil Jackson, who's still running his triangle like 15 uh, years late. 
and then you're in a situation where the whole thing is just you have to commit to him because so he's exactly. a big name for a few years and then it's a disaster. So that's what you want to avoid, and it's it's on the table. That can happen. But if you want to sell me on the fact Tony La Russa is going to come in and usher in a new culture to the White Sox, I can you, buy that too. You um, really had to drop a next reference, didn't you? <laughs> I did, yeah. You're, hey, look, you're an asshole. <laughs> we, have, we have seen enough disaster in New York sports to know when there's some risk involved, and there's some risk involved here. I will say to Melvin's point, um, Sandy Alomar Jr. is a guy that if you listen to previous Donk City's episode, I've mentioned Sandy Alomar many times. But to what I just said a few minutes ago, Sandy Alomar is learning from one of the best managers in the game, in Terry Francona. And you saw Sandy Alomar kind of trip over his binder in the playoffs against the Yankees. He, he made some boonheaded decisions. He pulled guys a little early. You know, Cleveland could have won, you know, could have taken that series of Sandy Alomar and make a few mistakes, and that was on a national stage. So he still got some learning to do. But Sandy Alomar is definitely a guy that I, that I love. But those are the kind of guys, you know, Alex Cora is a guy that will, will have a job soon. Yeah. You know, Joey Cora, you know, both Cora brothers. There, there's people in, in this game that will have jobs. And I totally think that they should learn from a seasoned, seasoned vet who can grasp the, the the concept of analytics combined with their baseball acumen. I loved the way the Yankees used to do it. Um, you know, you hired Joe Torre, you had Don Zimmer. You mm-hmm. hired Joe Girardi, you had, I can't remember who's been, you had Don Mattingly, you know, in the beginning. Yeah. Um, and then Mattingly took his job. I love the idea of bringing managers up the way you would a corporation. You get them into mid-level, maybe they're, you know, third base coach, first base coach. They eventually graduate to bench coach where they're the right-hand man of a manager, and then they go off and get their manager job. Yeah. When you circumvent that, I don't like it. That was the the trend we were going with with the boons of the world who had no management experience. You hire them because they know analytics. I don't like that either. And to your point, Henry, if this changes that culture a little bit where we go back to here's a really good mm-hmm. manager of people and of the game who also happens to interpret analytics, I think that's your perfect balance LaRusse is too old, but, and when I say too old, I just mean there's not a tenure, like there's not a long-term tenure there, but, but that concept could work and we'll see if it does in Chicago. Um, but Tony LaRusso, whether you like it or not, is going to be a, a very interesting, White Sox are going to be a very interesting team to watch again next year yeah. um, <clears throat> to see how they develop with LaRusso there. Yeah. Carlos mentioned uh, Beltran. I mean, Beltran's another one. The problem with Beltran is he does come with a little bit of stench with him. Um, yeah. But I was a big Beltran guy. I wouldn't have minded if the Yankees hired I wanna, him. Yeah, he was on our list when yeah. Boone got hired instead. Um, but I, I love Beltran. I just think there is a level of stench that does come with him. The problem is he doesn't have a resume to fall back on, and now right. he's got the scandal on him too. Yeah. So it's going to be tough for him. I think he should get a job eventually. It's I think he should manage. Back at the beginning. Yeah. Exactly. I think he should manage, get some experience in the minor league system or become a coach somewhere with a team and work his way up that way. But I, I Beltran's brain is. And he's uh, still young, so, you know, plenty of time. He's only what, like 40 years old, maybe. Yeah, Beltran <laughs> so. is a thing of beauty. He may be a little older than that. That's I wish Beltran was my age, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's got time to build that resume. I think he's going to have, you know, you know, what's funny. Is another interesting one. Melvin managed or yeah. Melvin mentioned. Um, him and Joey Cora are the two guys where I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know if they don't want a management job in, in the majors or if they just haven't had their turn yet, but those are two guys I can well, definitely Joey see. Joey Cora managed in the minor leagues for Pittsburgh, and I think he is a coach, and I forget which team he's a coach with. So I, he's A's now, maybe? He's definitely making his, his way up, but he was a manager. And as you know, Joey Cora and Alex Cora do run the Puerto Rico team for – the world baseball class that's right yeah now i should preface by saying if you are fundamentally against the beltrons cores and hinges of the world getting jobs i totally am okay with that i i understand that concept um i especially understand it for 2021 because this wasn't even a full season that they just got punished for but that's a whole different topic we won't get into um third base coach with the pirates that's where joey core is looks good it matches perfectly that is a really why did did i not start with this combo baby all the background damn Without a doubt, by the way, the goat of WBC hats <laughs> is the Puerto Rican team. I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, and also, you know, you, you know what I was wondering? Um, these managers, so we used to, you know, you give Dave Robertson credit, and this is what happens when you're on the national stage. 
your flaws get exposed and they get exposed quick. So Dave Roberts got a lot of flack and there was something about Dave Roberts getting hired and reminded me when Aaron Boone got hired, you heard the same thing. He's a great communicator. Mm-hmm. He's a great communicator. And you sit back and I'm like, I wonder how many of these guys are desperate for a job to just say, okay, we'll do it the way you want. I'm going to just be the manager of this team versus how many of them are, are really good at what they do and how many of them, you know, take that extra step and, and make those moves to actually be a good manager versus just saying, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to listen to the book nerds. You know, I hate to use that phrase cause I'm one of them, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> finish my thought on Joey Corey. I do still hate his guts for 1995. So he be may good. be on the Yankees one year, man. You got to get over that is the one guy who I think is very qualified to be a manager. I have no interest in ever seeing him manage the Yankees. And fortunately, because of the way the Yankees operate, I don't think he ever has a chance. If that man brings a ring, you're going to have to eat a lot of crow. Remember Uh, what I said before, Richard? Remember before Richard Sherman joined the 49ers, how much I hated him? (laughs) I would rather drag Willie Randolph back and into management than have Joey Corbin manage this team. Look, don't get me started on Willie Randolph because I will defend that man. Willie Randolph was a very good manager and got a very raw deal. That man got fired on an airplane for Christ's sake. Yeah, man. I'm a a big Willie Randolph fan. So. You know, Dan, Willie Randolph, that's a good one, man. I know you didn't mean to, but that's a good one. I, he should be the bench coach right, right now. That's a damn good one. Yeah. I have no idea what his stance is with all the analytics, but uh, Willie was a good coach, and he's a smart player, which is the other factor. You no, know, it's funny. A lot of the – not a lot. Actually, all of the Yankee coaches are getting managerial interviews, and I'm thinking, why? Take them all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, and our medical staff believe, too. The, the one I can get is Marcus Timms. Um, for a lot of shit that we give Timms, he's a very good hitting coach. Um, he seems to turn the nobodies into somebodies and the people who are stars that kind of don't do anything, you know, they don't take he's that. A, next he's step. a good hitting coach for this era. Yeah. I, I don't think he's a traditionally good hitting. Like I don't, I don't see any of these hitters growing. Uh, but I do think what you said, he does take guys who do not have high ceilings and he, he raises those ceilings. Yeah. Um, um, you know, like James, that. James mentioned in the comment section, we didn't even touch on the AJ Hinch. I mean, that was, Everyone thought that was a foregone conclusion that he was uh, once Rick Renteria was fired. You know, everyone assumed A.J. Hinch, and I don't get it. Morals aside, <laughs> that was a smarter hire. I and, then, and then to see him go in a split second to the Tigers, their division rival, is yeah. – that's, that's it, it was like – It works out with La Russa. Dude, it was like Tony La Russa, A.J. Hinch. It was like the next day. Yeah, Tiger <laughs> – This, you know what that reminds me of? I'm going to bring up another sports reference. When the uh, when the Giants passed on Sam Darnold and the like, the Jets, I could just picture that war room that day, just like within half a millisecond, we're like, we're drafting Sam Darnold. Like, I cannot believe they didn't take him. Ninety percent of the people listening to us right now do not understand the shit that that comes with what you just said. If they saw the life group baggage in that statement I just made, but if they saw the chat and understood all the underlying bullshit that came with that statement, I'm not. I'm not even touching that nonsense. Yeah, that is. Uh, there's like ten layers involved in that statement I just made, all of which can cause a war at any moment. So. Um, anyway, but that's what that reminds me of is like, there's always that team like right behind where you see the team in front of you make what you think is a giant mistake. And you're like, I can't believe this just happened. Yeah. So that's what I imagine the Tigers went through. So totally reasons there. I mean, the AL central is going to be shaken up, you know, as far as leadership next year. Um, we had a little bit of some other news in baseball this past week, Henry, you want to talk to us about that? Yeah, we got uh, qualifying offers, and I'm surprised we only saw six of them. I'm yeah. surprised. I thought this was a, a year that uh, we would see much more. Uh, Reg right-handed Trevor Bauer got it. That was kind of a no-brainer. If he's not going to resign there, they want to get some compensation. Uh, Kevin Gossman got one from the Giants. DJ LeMahieu got one from the Yankees. JT Riamuto got one from the Phillies. George Springer got one from the Astros. None of those are surprising. Um, a little surprising was the Mets Marcus Stroman, but when you you know you dig into that one, it, it makes sense. I think um, Stroman's <clears> less surprising than Gosman got one. Gosman got one. Is he really going to make more than that on the yeah. open market? Yeah, I think I think he'll get a three year. He'll get, dude. If you look at uh, what Sonny Gray got, Sonny Gray was a steal for the Reds. 
So you know, I knew Sonny Gray was gonna be good once he left New York. Sonny Gray didn't know that because he he caved to that cheap ass deal. Uh, well, yeah. So, I mean, he I mean knew Larry Ross Kevin Gossman is gonna get something in that range. I don't remember exactly what the yeah. Sonny are Gray you contract surprised? was. But it, are you surprised Tanaka didn't get one? I'm surprised Tanaka didn't get one, and I am shocked that Didi Gregorius didn't get one. Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah, I am. Um, those two really surprised me. Um, you know, D, like I said, everyone on that list except Stroman and Gossman are guys that will definitely get multi-year deals. Yeah. Um, Stroman, I, I think Stroman actually takes it. I don't. Only because he's, the, he's clearly the second best pitcher in this market. That's the only reason. But he's coming yeah. off of an injury-riddled season, followed by a season well, where he's he coming didn't off of an opt-out well. season. He wasn't hurt. Well, it's, but uh, 2019, he sucked. So he hasn't. His, fe- his feelings were hurt. He didn't play the game, and then he yeah. talked shit on Twitter all year. I mean, he hasn't know. been good for a year and a half. But I, still I, I if he was smart, smart money would say take the qualifying offer, reestablish your value, and then get a long-term deal because this is going to be his only payday. You can see it going. On. Well, real quick here before we'll go to Sean at 7:30. We'll bring him in. Uh, let's go down the line. Those six qualifying offers. Just want to make a very quick early prediction. We'll have prediction shows and, and free agency mm-hmm. shows throughout the offseason. But let's take a quick gander at those six in particular, if you want to take a guess as to where they go. So give us the first one. Say your team. I'll say my team. We'll keep going. Trevor Bauer. Angels. Uh, I'm going to – Bauer's tough because you, you need to be able to handle his personality too. So actually, uh, I'll say White Sox just to be different, but Angels would not surprise me whatsoever. Kevin Gossman, I think that has Mets written all over them. That's a good guess. I'm going to say Padres. I think that that's, that's a guy that they can bring in who is going to add veteran depth, which they probably need. DJ LeMay, who stays put, I believe. He's staying with the Yankees. I, I'll uh, be, there will be a revolt <laughs> if he leaves the Yankees. Look, DJ LeMay, who has all the leverage here, at the beginning of the season, a two-year deal, he probably would have taken it. I think he's yeah, it's three or four. played himself into a four-year deal, I think. Maybe yeah. even five if they're desperate, like uh, uh, Patrick Corbin. Anytime you have that second really great year in a row, you just bought yourself two or three years. Absolutely. He's probably in uh, a four-year deal. JT Realmuto, I think it's between the Mets and the Phillies, but I'm going to say the Mets. I say Mets as well. That one I won't back off of because I've been saying it since I found out he was a free agent and since I found out the Mets had this new mystery billionaire. Something I've been predicting for two seasons now. Uh, George Springer, I think he goes to the Mets as well. I also have the Mets. So this is the thing. We didn't really cover. I mean, Steve Cohen as the Mets owner is official. That's also news. It is official. That's right. This is what happens when you don't have a producer. Our producer is prioritizing his life and choosing studies for his college courses over this. Good job, Rob. I know he would have told us about the Mets (laughs) if he was here. So it's a double slap in the face. But, um, yeah, so Steve Cohen, the new manager of the Mets, or new uh, owner of the Mets, uh, worth billions, obviously, they all are. This is exciting if you're a Mets fan because they're not the Wilpons. No matter what happens, they're not the Wilpons. That is exciting. That, to me, another basketball reference just reminds me of when the Nets and I had their billionaire owner come in. He's, like, speaking in his Russian accent about everything he's going to um, do to make the Nets, like, a powerhouse. Mikhail, Mikhail Prokhorov? Prokhorov, yeah. yeah. We're still waiting for that to happen. Maybe next year it happens, 15 Man, years later. Those, those dude who winked an entire neighborhood in Brooklyn. Don't even get me started. Oh, yeah. Um, now, I'm not predicting doom and gloom for the Mets. I'm just saying just because you have a new owner – does not mean things are going to change, although we'd like to see it change. I think the most important thing is he changes the infrastructure, the culture, and everything in that regard. There you go. The culture. I think he changes the culture. He immediately said he's going to reestablish full pay for all the staff members that were laid off due to COVID. Nice That's a yep. hell of a move. He, If he was smart, he'd just basically throw a shitload of money overseas in scouting, um, in the minor league system. This is where you throw your wallet around. It's not just a major league team. You throw your wallet around and building a farm, building a system. And I, I really think this guy's got – he's the richest owner in sports, not just baseball. 
Yeah, he's going to also spend a lot of money on analytics. Uh, it, it sounds weird saying you're going to spend money on analytics, but that's exactly what the Yankees and Dodgers did a few years ago. They Pitching technology, hitting technology, artificial intelligence, all that stuff's behind the scenes. Average baseball fan not paying attention to it. Yeah. But Trevor Bauer in Sports Illustrated before 2017 talked about how the Dodgers and Astros were light years ahead in pitching. I guess who's mm-hmm. been in the World Series four times since Dodgers and Astros. So might have cheated, but <laughs> right. Uh, so there's something no, to I, it that, I totally agree. that is going to be big for Steve Cohen. I, I can't really debate it. I like Steve Cohen. I, I think the Mets for years, especially after the Bernie Madoff scandal, have been a major market team operating like a mid market team. Second class citizens. You know, they've yeah. been operating like a team in St. Louis or Detroit. You know, and I think now they'll just sit in and play and and you know what? They're going to have to take on a few bad contracts. You know, give a guy another year or two, probably more than he should have. Change the culture of that team. Make the fans happy. They will. You know, I, I think Steve Cohen will do all of those things. Yeah. My angle there is that Cohen coming in, uh, adding all the infrastructure is going to be a bigger move than he's going to make. He's going to have to make a splash to buy the trust of Mets fans this, uh, this winter. And it's a good winter to do it because no other team is going to be spending drunkenly with all of the money that they claim to have lost. Um, but I, all I'm saying is that spending a lot of money, as I've argued for years, does not correlate to success. Right. But I do um, think I think he'll spend it right. Like I said, I think right. they get the center field. It's going to be Springer and and. Uh, so the Gossman move is a very Mets move. That's why I'm predicting. That's a very an under the radar pitcher who has a shitload of stuff, who doesn't have to be a top-of-the-rotation guy. Those are guys that, you know, the Mets like and, and typically do well with the Mets, the Porcellos of the world, the Wakas of the world. I was going to say, Waka and Porcello, were they one-year deals? So I believe they were. I will have okay. to check or so one of the Mets fans. Uh, we did not touch on Marcus Stroman and where we think he would land. Uh, I think Stroman is going to go to, you know, uh, Blue Jays. I, I could see he goes I back. Don't know how he left on those terms, but you I think don't. He goes back. Interesting. I think he I, can. I don't know. I'll pre, again. I'll preface it. I don't know what they left off on. I mean, he got traded. And he was pissed. He got traded to the Mets. So there's a good chance he may not go back there. But that's a team I can see based on need and whatnot who can sign him. Otherwise, uh, the Twins can be interesting depending on what his price tag is. Mm-hmm. The Angels could double down this year and get two more starters. I um, think. He stays yeah. away from the AL, particularly I think the AL he East. Stay away from the AL. If he does go to the AL East, he'll go to Boston. But my official That'd prediction: if he does not take the qualifying offer, I think he ends up on the Braves. Braves is a good one, and I, I actually some Braves fans I've talked to that's that's their guy until it's. I, I, I think he ends up on the Braves if he does not take the qualifying offer, but I do think he does take it, it and it would be smart for him to take it and reestablish that value. Braves makes the most sense, I think, of all. So Leon Brave, State, Washington, I, I don't I, – Washington will sign a couple guys this winter. I don't think he'll be one of them. You know, Washington's a nice place for Gossman, too. Uh, somebody they don't have to break the bank for. You know, they do have that two could, very – makes more sense to me than Stroman. Very, very expensive pitchers in that rotation. Already. Yeah, you've got 90 million committed already to your top three pitchers. I don't see Stroman doing that, too. Uh, Gossman there makes a lot of sense. I don't know about Stroman. I think Stroman, if he doesn't stay with the Mets, I think he goes to Atlanta. Yeah, uh, Braves, I'll, I'll, Braves make more sense than the Blue Jays. I'll say Braves as well. Uh, so we'll see on that. The so Are those all six? That is all six. Okay, so there we go. Hmm. We'll have more of that um, as we head into the offseason. By the way, just as we get Sean on here, which let's get Sean on here. Uh, yeah, I just, World just Series sent him a message. There, there we go. World Series recap this week. Next week, we'll do a little World Series show in general of the 21st century. And then after that, we'll head into the offseason, maybe after a weekly break or whatnot. But we'll get to all that later. First, we want to welcome in Sean. How are you? How's it going, boys? A little double dose of Dodgers over there. World champs. Look at that, Jerry. Look at that. Are you still on the honeymoon? Sure. I mean, that's going to last for a while. I mean, that was part I was buzzing off the 88 team to, you know, 95. Look, I'm, su- I'm surprised you came with pants on. I was expecting you to come pantsless. <laughs> That's for later. <laughs> I'm looking for the bottle of lotion in the background. <laughs> I got the football game right here, just in case we go along. There I you see, go. I'm essentially not watching it. Don, say you lost four hours tonight, so I don't have to watch the Giants. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> what um so how how are you feeling? I mean, it, this was a long time coming, right, for Dodgers fans. You, this is like year six that maybe you've been in comp, direct competition for a title. Is it nice? I mean, obviously it's nice to get the monkey off the back. Did you? Are there any regrets? Do you? Are you like now that we got it done? I wish we had gotten it done twice before. Or is this good enough? Well, I'll always think that this team should have won more than just this one. Obviously, and, uh, stolen. Yeah. One was stolen from you. Well, 2017, I consider basically a win. We know yeah. that's a win. I agree. But the, the team in 2013 went on a 53 and seven run in midseason, I remember and somehow lost, somehow lost to the Cardinals because Kershaw got crushed by the Cardinals. And then you know, 14 first round they lose again. Kershaw drilled by the Cardinals. 15, you lose a five game rough first round series against the Mets. Granky versus Degrom in Game Five. Mm-hmm. That could have won it all. 16, you lose to the Cubs. Now, that was the Cubs' year. I don't think the Dodgers would have won that year. Cubs were the best team in baseball. Yeah, the Cubs were the best team this year. 17, they should have won. They basically did win without cheating. Um, 18, the Red Sox were the better team. They weren't going to win in 2018. There's no way they were going to beat a 108-win Red Sox team. Yeah, who was also cheating, but fair. They were cheating a little bit, but that team, I mean, the whole season, that team just – yeah, that's or, something or special, man. They came year. back. They came back every game. I yes. remember there was a game they were down by like 10 runs, and they came back and won that game. Yeah. That, that 2018 Boston team was pretty special. The, the 2013 Red Sox and the 2018 Red Sox were just magical teams that had yeah. these runs. That yeah. Everything worked out. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the feeling of the Dodgers winning was mostly relief. Now, on that last pitch, on that last pitch, it was, you know, I jumped up out of my chair and I – you know, I gave a Ric Flair woo, but you know, it was really a feeling of relief because of all the tension that's on been Dodgers fans' shoulders. There's always this sense of dread. Every yeah. playoff series, I never felt good. I was like, ah, you know, you never know these because you know, Major League Baseball players are professionals. These other teams are. That yeah. was really why the Dodgers didn't win at all because you're playing high-end teams that you know aren't. You're not that much better than 2014 Cardinals. You know, yeah, you're not. That you're not, you're not that much better than the, the Nationals last year who beat you. Um, so it, it's tough to win, but it was a lot of relief. And uh, I don't want to hear about asterisks in 60-game season. That means nothing to me. Yeah, I'm, that's stupid. Yeah, that, that's, that's silly. Yeah. That's, that, uh, but, yeah, that's where we're at now. I feel like the Yankees now, to me, even though it's completely unfair, unfair are probably the new Dodgers. And I say it's unfair because uh, they actually haven't lost – as to an underdog yet in any of these postseason. To your point, John, there's a lot of good teams that just happen to be in baseball. Um, but yeah. as far as now we're entering year five, there hasn't been a title, there hasn't been a pennant. Um, I, I know what you mean with that pressure, right? Whether fair or not, you've got that monkey on the back. It's just like, just make that one run, get the one title, and then the rest after that starts to become a little bit of gravy. But in the Dodgers case, you guys might be around for the next 10 years competing. Well, yeah. I mean, if they had won in 2013, all these other losses would have been disappointing. But yeah. they wouldn't have been. They wouldn't have been as they were. It's when not it was building just, anything. Yeah, yeah it's not a funeral every every time. It was a funeral every year that they lost. Not, not to mention, they had all the pressure on them. Oh yeah. Well, so the win with that pressure feels good. Yeah, this year definitely. And you know, the Rays were a tough out. It's not like they beat a. It's not like they beat a you know a team that that couldn't match up with them. The Rays, despite being obviously lesser in talent mm-hmm. as far as being a baseball team in totality. They're right there. You know, yeah, it's not like this is a mismatch. You would, they had to do everything to beat that team. You couldn't kill that team. It was tough. Yeah, I, will so- say, I will say it's a little tougher for the Yankees to have a stretch like this because there's just that little bit of extra pressure that the Yankees have to win a title. Yeah. At least yep. once every seven or eight years, they have to win or it's, you know, it's no good. So yeah, you got that pressure plus the Yankee pressure on top of it, you know, yeah, but I think it'll happen. Uh, you uh, you robbed us of a seven-game series by winning too early. So. Oh, thank, thank God! <laughs> no, that was the MVP of the World Series, Kevin Cash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what were your as a Dodgers fan? You're watching that, right? Snell is just mowing them down. Yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts? I mean, did you know? Okay, this is the window. We're going to win this game now, or how did like what's going through your mind when he takes out Snell there? Well, no, I thought it was a bad move, obviously. Um, but what are the chances of Snell going nine? Very small, because right. that was that was the sixth inning, and yeah, okay, yeah. maybe he mows them down in the sixth. Maybe they leave and let him go in the seventh. 
he's not pitching a complete game shutout. So it's not like I don't think he was going a whole game, but I think the problem there was he looked so damn good, and he had just given up the second hit of the game, which was a little bleeder to the number nine hitter. And I think the fact that you had runners on base when you pulled them is the bigger issue. I, I, I agree with you. I don't think his pitch count and everything would have let him go nine, but it caused, it, it caused an immediate domino effect. Everything that could go wrong the rest of that inning just yeah. spiraled out of control. You seven, and then you've got like four relievers you can use for Correct. seven outs if you're the race. Yeah. That's, that's the big problem. There. Yeah. Which is not automatic. You know, the Dodgers are no. tough to kill, obviously, with a lineup like that. But, uh, yes, I was very relieved when Snell came out. And I think it was a terrible move. And I think it's over-analytics-driven. And, uh, I'm, you know, I believe in all the analytics and all that. But when you see a pitcher pitching like that, I mean, he dominated in the first game. But he was dominating in this game like, you know, he looked like Bob Gibson. I mean, yeah. they had no chance. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, they weren't even touching him, let alone, like, hitting they the ball. They weren't touching him. But and to compound the move, he puts in Anderson, who yeah. has been – Horrible. I mean, I realized he throws 100 miles an hour. And before the season, we were like, wow, this guy's going to be a weapon. But the guy was terrible. And yep. I, I knew when he came in, I'm like, watch, Mookie's going to get hit and get a, get a rally going here. And, you know, that's exactly what happened. And thank goodness. Somewhere game seven would have been fun, but I might have had a heart attack in game seven. <laughs> Somewhere between the Yankees and the Astros, Nick Anderson fell off the wagon. Uh, because he was not the same pitcher in that Astros series, and he was even worse in the World Series. And, you know, credit to the lineups, obviously. I, I think that those lineups probably were a worse matchup for him. But he even said he wasn't feeling 100% health-wise. So for Snell to bring in Anderson in that spot with a runner on base, you've got Snell cruising. Even if it's an analytics move, you can't tell me Anderson was the right analytics move, even I, if I mean, pulling Snell was. Because the computer says it doesn't matter this matter that Anderson has given up all these runs. Right. He's the guy to put in. Well, no. If you watch the last two weeks of baseball, Anderson was garbage. I mean, totally beast on him. Yeah. So your World Series champions now, what do you have to do next? Like, what, what's the team going to look like next year? What moves are you making this winter or uh, try and get back there? Well, obviously, they don't have to make many moves. But there will be some tweaks, and uh, maybe they'll even make a splash. Maybe they'll be in on Bauer. Who knows? Yeah. But, you greedy motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been greedy all this time. Now the rich get richer. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm pulling up the Dodgers payroll. I want to see exactly what they've uh, – Hold on. So, you know, Sean, part of the fun of the group is we get to bust each other's balls, right? Yep, yep. So I'm gonna I'm gonna share my screen with you real quick. Henry's been sitting on this for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let me see. Can you see? This is a post from May 22nd, 2018. <laughs> Sean, you want to read that for me? <laughs> I could not wait to share that shit with you. Level ten thousand. I had, I had that in the vault, and I, had, I, I have to. I don't remember who gave it to me, but I had it in the vault, and I couldn't wait to use it. I know, and you know, in my heart, I know that he's a very smart baseball. Of course, guy, and he's the best guy to have. But at that point, go back to that date, May, May of two thousand eighteen. <laughs> We've now lost six years in a row, winning division. Should have won in seventeen. Probably should have won in thirteen. Fourteen and fifteen were heartbreakers. And at that point, I was just like, wow. I don't know. I, they never Because there was a point where I thought, wow, they're never going to win. I'm gonna on, be that, on that post, I was telling you how good of a GM he was. And you were like, no, fuck that. <laughs> but that's the beauty of baseball. That's what baseball does to you as a fan, man. It does. It's, it's set up to break your heart. And that's what happened. Yeah. The last eight divisions in a row. This was a Braves-like run. I remember one yeah, of the that's yeah. a good comparison. That's a good comparison. For Braves fans, that's a very good comparison. You got you got one, but you didn't get as many as you should have. Yeah, exactly. So now they got to win a couple more in the next seven years, I'd say, and I think they're fully capable of it. Like you said, who's old on this team? Turner, Kershaw, over thirty. You know, month twenty nine. Yeah, so you're free. You're gonna lose. Well, I don't know if you're gonna lose all these guys. Pedro Baez. Uh, Goodbye. See ya. Kiki. Yeah, well, I'd like to keep him. You you got to keep Kike Hernandez. Uh, keep Jimmy Nelson, I'm guessing, is gone. Yeah. He was just yeah. kind of fodder there. Jock yeah. Peterson, which – He's gone. 
he's gone. Yeah, I mean, you don't really need him. He was a nice piece, but you don't need him. Blake Trainin, I guess you'll have to replace mm-hmm. uh, Justin and Alex He's going to get paid. Trainin, I mean, Trainin came up with some huge outs. Yeah. Both, yeah. I mean, he got hit a couple times, but he, after coming off a bad year, that was a great move, picking him up. Yeah. Now, Seager, I think, is entering a walk here next year. Um, is he staying at short? Like, what are you doing to fill third? Because I'm guessing Turner's going to walk, right? Or, uh, I think Turner comes back. You think I he think does? Keep, I think they'll probably keep Turner. And if you don't keep Turner, you, you put Rios there. And you keep well, it depends, if Col- it depends if Turner survives COVID. Yeah, that's true. Let's just get that out of the way. We have he's to talk idiot. about that boneheaded yeah. shit. He's an idiot. Yeah. Baseball are idiots. The, the security are idiots. The yeah, the fact... The fact that they said Major League Baseball couldn't stop him, I'm like, what the fuck? Did he have a gun? Like, yeah, like, it's like <laughs> it, I, it was it was fun in games until I saw him next to Dave Roberts, and then I said, okay, this is bad. Yeah, this because is stupid. That's Dave Roberts is a cancer survivor, and, and he's extremely high risk, and yeah, you know, pre-existing condition. That's the last person you want around someone with COVID, and so I. Yeah. I, I at that point, I stopped laughing and I said, eh, that's really bad, you know. Yeah, that was bad. That was a bad look. So I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. So, yeah, I did want to bring Turner back. But, you know, that's a factor, you know. That'll get rid of that stain if he walks. And you put Rios there, who has incredible power and is probably, you know, a pretty good fielder too. So, uh, I don't know. That'll be interesting. But, obviously, they're not losing many guys. And you look at the pitching staff. You got Bueller, Urias, May, and Gonsolin. These guys are all young. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you could go get some more pitches. Yeah, Price coming yeah, back. Price so, coming back, yeah. Man, I, I forgot like, about that. Talk about an embarrassment of riches. And yeah, still I, walk here for Kershaw, so he's still there. Yeah, I mean, so I don't think they're going to have to make many moves to win 100 games and get to the playoffs again it's next those year. In, it's those in-between guys, you know, that depends on how they fill the gap. Yeah. Always I, those I, those Kike Hernandez-type guys that do it for you, man. Oh, Kike Hernandez. I mean, the, Luis, the Luis Soho, the Kike Hernandez, you know, those I, guys. Those guys are worth their weight in gold. Every Kiki Hernandez, every time a guy needed a day off, you put him in and he's got great defense and yeah. he's got good pop. Okay, yeah. so he's two thirty. I, I haven't I haven't done the work to look at the, the numbers for pinch hitters, but every time you just get pinch hits, I feel like he gets a huge hit. Yeah, he does like homers every game he starts. It, <laughs> it feels like every time he's put in a pinch hit situation, whatever he needs to do, he does. Yeah, yeah. Now, he made one big error in the playoffs against the Braves, but usually his defense is great. Yeah. And obviously, he's very well-liked. He's a very corny, funny guy. Did you see what he said after he injured Bellinger's uh, arm in the interview right afterwards? No. He was like, well, Cor- you know, Cody learned a lesson that you shouldn't do that with a guy that's much stronger than you. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Uh, we have a really good question from the comments, and that was, in the Braves series, you're down 3-1, right? Everything seems to be going wrong, and they've got these two pitchers who are just not getting beaten. Uh, did you think it was over at any point? Did you fold it in, or what's your thought down 3-1 of the Braves? Well, I was very upset when they lost, you know, game Game five or game four. Game four. I thought that was the crippler too. But if you go back to the comments, you actually highlighted it, and I said I still think the Dodgers can win down three one. So I no, I did not think they were. I did not think they were finished because I mean that lineup and the amount of weapons they still had in the bullpen and the star the guys they could start. I, they can always come back down for three one. I said if any team could do it, why not them? Yep. Yeah. Does it seem like? It seems like every team has got that giant monkey on their back for one reason or another, whether it's a 30-year drought, whether they choked previously or not. It always seems like there's that series where it reverses, right? Like 2004 Red Sox, they had mm-hmm. the 3-0 to the Yankees. The Cubs were down 3-1 to the Indians. The Dodgers yeah. were down 3-1 to the Braves. The Astros mm-hmm. were down 3-2 to the Yankees. I mean, I don't know if they have a history of choking, but they had never won before. It's yeah, there's always that one series they're up against the wall and they finally break through. Yes. And it's, it seems like the Brave series was definitely that for the Dodgers. And you know what? You had an inkling that they were going to come back when they almost came back in game two. They were down, what, 8-1? It's 8-7 in the ninth. And A.J. Pollock hits the ball right on the nose. 8-7 with guys on base. And I was like, wow. He hits that, he hits mm-hmm. that ball two inches to the left of the third baseman. And we're talking about a 1-1 series probably. Yeah. And then they come out the next day and they put up 11 runs in the first inning. So I was like, all right, you know, this is going to be a tough team to kill. They lost the next game that was crushing. And, you know, from there, <clears> it was <throat> history. The game so- waver me a little bit because just 
just strategically, I was like, you don't want to be down 3-1. And I knew if the Dodgers tied that series, they had the advantage with just the way – I'm not a big believer in in young guys like Freed and uh, Anderson to the second time against a team like the Dodgers. Like, they're not – they're not going to dominate. They haven't yeah. faced anyone a second time. Um, but once they lost that game four, if it wasn't the Braves, Sean, I'm probably not a big believer anymore in that series. But it was the Braves. I'm like, wait a minute. I have firsthand knowledge that this just chokes the shit out of everything. So here you go. I don't know why, but when you said monkey on the back, I instantly looked at the Dodgers team and thought of Hangover, the movie. <laughs> and – Kike Hernandez is definitely Mr. Chow. <laughs> and Cody Bellinger is definitely, definitely Allen. <laughs> so. Hopefully Kike is not Mr. Chow in every facet of life. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm, I'm just sitting here and I'm thinking of the Dodgers. I'm like, who's who? <laughs> yeah, you know, they got a colorful team, too. You got Dustin McNair. We need... The- we need more Bellinger memes. Uh, that dude looks stoned every time. Every time the camera's on him, he looks so stoned. <laughs> was that quote real when they when he said, "I'm not high"? That's just my face, or is that just a fake meme quote? Because I laughed for like. I, that's real seconds. because is, so it, is it real? Yeah, that's, that's wow. Because really, people were like, "Yo, Cody, are you high? You look very stoned." Yo, every time. Just has those lazy eyes, like Tracy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he looked like but, he was in half baked the entire postseason. Yeah, yeah. Another guy, another guy great a, memes. Another guy who had a bad year, Bellinger, and then what does Roberts do? He bats him sixth. Mm-hmm. He's you know, he took some flack for that. I remember hearing John Heyman yeah. on the fan. Why is the last year's MVP batting sixth? Roberts is crazy. But you know what? It took a pressure off him and it made the lineup even longer and scarier. And uh, look what happened. Bellinger came up in huge spots in the playoffs. You know, it's funny. Yeah. In this series, I felt like Kevin Cash and Dave Roberts were just trying to outstupid one another with with certain moves. Not until the it, last two games. I'm Roberts. just well, Roberts, it, it's a, Roberts couldn't fuck it up because Kevin Cash made the ultimate boneheaded move, and he was like, "Okay, you know what? I'm gonna win this. I'm just gonna go ahead and win this World Series." Yeah. Now, I think that's I think that's every manager. I think we need to put to bed the fact that Dave Roberts is not a good manager because he made some big bad moves that imploded I, on. Him. I don't think. I don't think the 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 out the thing out there is he's a bad manager. I just think it's it follows with everything else where it's they they rely too much on analytics. Yeah, they're over analytics. Yeah, any anyone watching that game who understood an inkling of baseball, forget what the book says, could tell you that Blake Snell was dealing. They tell you that's a dude you don't like. He had people off balance. His stuff was moving. He was he, he was all over the like you couldn't. It made no sense to take him out. Back in the old days, even in the early 2000s, there's no way that he's yeah. pitching yeah. seven innings. Another thing I, I want to stop doing, and it's not just Dodgers fans, it's baseball fans. I, I, I'm going to need y'all guys to, to stop the Mookie Betts is better than Mike Trout shit. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to need you guys to stop that. <laughs> Everybody in the group, uh, listen to the group. I'm going to need all of you guys to stop that Mookie Betts is better than Mike Trout shit because that is not the case. Stop it. Mike Trout is the best player until he finally ages. And then yeah. maybe and then you got a guy like Acuna or Soto. Yeah. Or, uh, There's so many, so much young talent. Put it that way. Those guys, but yeah. not Ben. Mookie Betts will never be the best player in baseball. No, and that's fine. because he's Mike Trout isn't, Betts will yeah. be too old as well. And yeah, and that and that's fine. Mookie Betts has two rings. This is the Mookie Betts is a top five player, though. Yeah, he is Mookie a top Betts. five player, yeah. and he's a top five player with two rings. You ask me right now which career I'd rather have, I'll take the 300-something million dollars, two rings, top five, over the best yeah. player in baseball for something and never be in the playoffs ever. I wouldn't. Absolutely. No, not me. Too. I would. Guy. I would much rather have Mike Trout's career. I know that sounds crazy. His career is not done, by the way. Would you rather have it because he's number one, or because he has the extra like hundred million dollars? <laughs> not. It's not the money. I, I, there's a point where you can only have, have but so much money. Bitter, but for me, I'm like, <laughs> I'll take the two rings and I'll take top five. That's no. I, I. I just think Mike Trout is headed to like Mount Rushmore places, and I just think to to be that good at something to be that dominant, to be universally recognized as the best in God knows how long. I can't imagine what that feels like, man. I think if yeah. Trout were in a, 
I don't want to say a big market. Obviously, the, the Angels are in a big market. But if they, if the, if Mike Trout was on the Dodgers and the Angels were the Dodgers, like as in the oh, Dodgers, yeah. are good, but Mike Trout was on the Dodgers, that'd be different to me. But he really is just almost, in, he's like, oh, he's like translucent on the Angels. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I don't, be, I don't buy that LA. He plays on the West Coast bullshit because there's plenty of stars. The Dodgers have had plenty of stars. Albert Pujols has been a star in LA. There's plenty of stars that play on the West Coast. Ken Griffey Jr. dominated baseball. He was on the West Coast. Yeah, the, the, days of, the days of the West Coast guy not being as Yeah, that's bullshit. You couldn't see the games in the mid-80s. Now, yeah. I mean, the games are I, on all I can't, I can't respond. I can't respond to Leon. I can't respond to Leon because I'm still in Facebook jail. <laughs> the baseball version of Carl Malone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was thinking Dan Marino. Like, Mike Trout is athletically – and fundamentally and no see you missed that there's no we'll ever see but that's a no don't take that as a compliment from leon that's a loaded comment that goes back to the conversation we had about how much he hates Carmelo. malone no i was insulting dan marino there (laughs) i'm saying his his comment about the baseball version of Carmelo. malone that's a backhanded compliment yeah yeah i don't like Carmelo malone either I, I think that all of these people who support Trout are absolutely right. He is the best player in baseball, but you cannot have it both ways. He is being hurt actively every single year. He's on the Angels, and they're not good. Yes. He's also, he's also let, let's, let's say, he's, he's a pretty boring guy. At least he's very boring. We've said it all the time. He doesn't do himself any favors. He's not a good ambassador for the game. No, no. He's now, not. you ask me, who do I want to be the face of baseball? I'll give you a guy like Mookie Betts all day. Oh yeah, Mookie Betts is exciting. He's fun. He's out there. That's that's a guy you you want to bring. You know, oh, yeah. young black and Spanish kids to the game. Those are the kind of guys you market. Mookie yeah. Betts should be all over baseball commercials, all over everything. Yeah. That dude is super marketable. He should be. Same with Tatis. Soto and all those guys. Absolutely. Yeah, Acuna and and Robert. And Robert. Yeah, Robert. They they should be in every single urban city in this neighborhood in the in the in this absolutely season yeah. marketing baseball. Yep. Now let's go back. Let's go back to Mookie Betts. The reason this team, this Dodger team, is better than all the previous ones, even seventeen and thirteen and nineteen last year when they won one hundred games, is because of him. I agree. They, they struggled with leadoff guys. They had Savior there for a little while. They had Taylor there. Sometimes you'd have Kiki Hernandez leading off. You put Mookie Betts at the top of that lineup yeah. with power and speed and base running, and it, it made the lineup. Defense. Superb defense. Oh, my God. The, the catches he made. I mean, they played their asses off in the playoffs. I, I totally – the trade was worth it already. Oh, definitely. You've, you've already won that trade. I don't care what the prospects you sent back to Boston turn out to be. You've already won yeah. that trade. Absolutely. Part of that trade, by the way, is that Guterall's fat ass became a big player for the Dodgers in this postseason. The Red Sox turned him down. So, like, you, you got to hold a major, major reliever down the I forgot street. about that. That's right. And that Jack Peterson's deal fell through, too. Yeah, that was bizarre. And when that happened, I was like, how are they How are they getting – they were getting Mookie Betts, and now they're getting Gratterall? This is crazy. <laughs> Why, uh, he's, he's too fat or like maybe a starter. <laughs> That dude could have been their closer for the next six years. Yeah, they're kicking. Well, why, in order to close, you have to be able to win games, and Boston's not in the position to do that right now. Uh, why do Red Sox want Cradderall? I have no idea. I mean, we knew that he had been injured in the past. He had Tommy John. Mm-hmm. Oh, his physical's a little wonky. His arm looks like it's been hurt in the past. Well, no kidding. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> be a reliever. Like, how many dudes are throwing one on one at that? Look age? at the scar. Look at the scar. <laughs> career as a starter. Oh, hey, thanks, Red Sox. I mean, we get – now, this is this is payback because the Dodgers trading for Adrian Gonzalez yeah. and Corey Crawford. <laughs> and Carl Crawford. This is your 2013. The yeah. Dodgers, like, basically just handed the World Series to the Red Sox in 2013. They even that get-out-of-jail-free card. And the Red they Sox damn sure did. Back. Now, that, that wasn't a bad trade getting Adrian Gonzalez back then. That's actually made the Dodgers legit. And got them close. It was everything that came with it because it came along with Carl Crawford and all the other stuff. Josh Beckett. It helped the Red Sox more. Plus, you got another Dodgers Red Sox connection. Who, who stole the base against Mariano Rivera in two thousand? Ah, we forget. He came to the Dodgers. All right, Sean. Thanks for joining us. It's going to be great seeing you. Uh, (laughs) You know, you could have stopped at Mookie Betts got us a free taco, but uh, (laughs) that could have been your stolen base. Yeah, you had to go there. You had to go there.
these fucking guys. <laughs> I guess it's Dave Roberts' second ring too, right? It's part of history. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the reason I never, like, that's the reason I never root for Dave Roberts. And watching him in the playoffs, I'm like, he's he's not that good. But I was rooting for the Dodgers. Reason was, as I said throughout the postseason, I'm, I, just, I hate the narrative that someone's going to lose because they already lost previously. Oh, like, yeah. Completely different team. You got Mookie Betts there. Dodgers steamrolled through the regular season again. Uh, and uh, every single round of the playoffs, they're a favorite again. And at a certain point, like, these guys have had enough experience where they're not going to choke that time. Yeah. I mean, I brought this up even months before that when everyone was like, oh, the Tampa Bay Lightning aren't going to win the Cup. They always lose in the playoffs. And I said – why, why do people think that great teams that lose excruciating playoffs, why do they think this is going to happen for the rest of eternity? Like, they're not right. the Cubs. They're like, not these the are great team. teams. These teams are a threat to win it every year. Like, it'll every probably year. I mean, that, that was a dumb narrative to say yeah. that the Tampa Bay Lightning will always choke. The LA Dodgers can't win a World Series. Well, I mean, that's just silly. Obviously, they can. Especially when we, like, <laughs> the Cavs – the Lightning, like you said, the yeah. Dodgers, the Cubs. Like, how many examples do we need in just the last five years across? Yeah, the and then you could, go, you could go back to 2004 Red Sox, 2005 White Sox. I mean, this entire century has been about breaking streaks yeah. and changing narratives. Exactly. So what do we got? The Padres versus Mariners World Series next year? God, no. I am selling the Mariners Not for the first time. God, no. Uh, Padres, Padres and White Sox will be interesting. Mariners, anything is boring. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Padres, White Sox will be interesting. I'm a big believer in things don't necessarily happen linear. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if both those teams took a step back next year in a way. Also, we don't really know what they would have been in a large sample size. You know, what, were those 95-win teams we were looking at, or were yeah. they 85-win teams, or were That's they I, I, really like, I really like the Padres, though. I feel like they have yeah. the arm. And the offense to, to do it to keep they're it keep fun. it fun. I mean, they're and Tatis Jr. Another one. I mean, that guy you could market him six ways to something. Oh, yeah. uh, that guy oh. is electric. Yeah, and they have good pitching. You know, that series against the Dodgers that was no gimme either. I was worried that whole that whole series too. Hell, I was worried about the Brewers in round one because Brandon Woodruff was dealing. So I mean, you you can argue that this was the toughest World Series to win ever with an extra round. You know. That's true, too. I, I agree with you, man. The best of three is a trap. Best of three. <laughs> you had a, a best of five against this young upstart team who doesn't know any better. And then There's you know, no home field. The yeah. second best team in the NL. Like in, No one can debate the Braves were the second best team in the NL. Yeah. So you really yeah. had to earn it. And then the Rays were indisputably the best team in the AL. So That's why, This is why I said last week I'm, I think – that nonsense about a 60-game season, it's BS because the two best teams going into the season, right. throughout the season, were the two teams that represented their respective leagues. So I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah. yeah I, so what? It was a short season. I mean, yeah. it played out the way you would think it would it's, play out. Remember, at the, when, before the season started, we said that the team that won would be happy and that 29 teams would be sour and, and would talk that nonsense about it not but, being a real season and all this bullshit. Although if the Rays had won, people would have been happier. Exactly. Not just so, oh, yeah, screw them. Well, we you don't know want how them. that goes now, Sean. Welcome to uh-huh. $200 oh, yeah. million dollar people now. Yeah, then where it. you're a big market and you're in the playoffs every year and everyone is against you. This is a, oh, you are, welcome to our last, my last 27 years of watching baseball. The Dodgers are our cousins. So now, okay. they've they've been against us this whole run, and I at the at the end I would they would say, oh yeah, win a title, and I would be. Silenced, and I yeah. Leon asked a pretty good question in the in the comment section. He asked, "Are we in favor of a neutral site World Series?" For me, I'm going to say no. I love home fans being treated to a World Series. I love the energy that some fans bring. Some parks are a little louder than others, so I'm a fan of traditional, you know, World Series. No, you guys def- definitely go back to the to the home field. But there are a couple of things from this season that you could keep. Keep the DH in the ML. You got to keep – you got to do that, I think. I mean, that's just – Keep the DH. I think 2022 you'll see that. They're going back to the to pitcher next year more than likely, but I think once that CBA comes in, that'll be part of it. So it wouldn't yeah. be if next year is the last year of pitcher hitting. Marcelo Suna, I'm sorry. That's a guy I'm surprised didn't get the qualifying offer. 
Oh yeah. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a no brainer actually. Yeah. Weird. Now remember at the beginning of the year, we said the DH would be a big advantage for the Dodgers and it was, Absolutely. but it, it turned out it was different than what we thought. It wasn't that they could bring a master off the bench. It was the fact that they could use Barnes as the catcher in the world series and still keep Smith's bat in the lineup. Yep. Yeah. And a lot of unsung heroes on the Dodgers. Barnes came up huge with a couple of hits and, you know, Catching Kershaw and, you know, catching Urias in the final out. You know, guys like Trinan, maybe uh, Victor Gonzalez had some big outs. You know, even though even though May struggled a couple times, he came up huge in that, that last time he pitched. Uh, May and Urias, to me, saved the Dodgers. Yeah. Uh, you know, the World Series. It, you, you only have so many bullets and so many arms, and those two guys eating up three innings at a time, whatever yeah. it was, that was – you can't replace that. Well, Ur- Urias was unbelievable, and you think about the – you think about the arc of this guy's career. I remember reading about him when he was 16. When the Dodgers drafted him, they were like, wow, this kid is a phenom. He's already throwing 95. He's 16. And then, you know, they bring him up when he's 19, and they baby him as much as a team possibly can. And he still has a horrible injury. What, he had like a shoulder? He was out for a year. Yeah, he was out for a year and a half. He comes back. They baby him some more. He looks okay. And the way he pitched in the, against the Braves at the, in the last game, and the way he pitched the last three innings, that, that was unbelievable. I think you might even usher in a different way to win a playoff series with that. Mm-hmm. Bring, in, bring in the super closer instead of having your, your closer or your hot guy or your, you know, the closer's cold. Bring in the set. Why not bring in the starter that can go three innings? I mean, they, was, uh, I think that stuff, that stuff evolved, Sean. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me. We saw the last two years the mixing of starters and relievers as, as, mm-hmm the bullpen i think that now maybe you do see something where you've got your guy all i'll say is watch tony la Russa. if there's somebody that's going to change it it's yeah. going to be him yeah yeah i definitely agree with you guys about how la Russa is not a bad hire because he's old he's, i really like that deal man i, I like it too plus he's I love back. he's an ex-lawyer he's one of, he's yeah. the smartest guy in the room i, I i'm told and like i said he never left the game i'm with that deal yeah, but back no. to your point about Urias, remember we spoke about last time you were on, it felt like he was here forever. Like he's one of those guys you, you heard about for so long because they brought him up so young and oh. it, that patience worked out, man. It really did. And you, you, he dominated those last three innings. Those, those hitters had no chance. And those are the things they were hoping for. You trade, you know, some of those early hiccups for, for those, that dominance that you can get later on. And, and so he's already paying dividends. Yeah, I mean, Julio Urias, Dodger legend already. I mean, all yeah. props to him. Yeah. yeah. Matt uh, Bushnell cleared up uh, the Osuna thing. I couldn't comment to him because I'm still banned. But, yes, he did. That's right. Uh, he did get the qualifying offer last year, so he wasn't eligible to receive it this year. There you go. That makes more sense. Yep. So, um, Corey, I feel like we should give some props to Corey Sager. I feel like he was the forgotten star the last couple of years because, mm-hmm. you know, he came up. He was this rookie phenom. Everyone's like, wow, this guy's going to be a star. He has a great year in year two, uh, you know, his rookie year after he'd been up for a cup of mm-hmm. coffee. And then Super he gets two. bad injury. You know, he was out for a year, Tommy John surgery, right? And then uh, he comes back last year and he's pretty good. What, he had like 85 RBIs? Mm-hmm. He had yeah. two eight, uh, but he was, I feel like he was forgotten. And then from day one this year, he was just crushing the ball. I'm like, he, he set himself up nicely. He reestablished himself as a superstar and he, yeah. he set himself up for a huge payday next season. He that's the that's the shortstop class. He put himself in the elite, back into the elite yeah. conversation. You have you have story. you have Seager, Lindor, and Correa all free agents next year. Wow, wow. that's a hell of a free agent class. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, every time Seager came up, I was confident. I was like, "Watch out!" I mean, this could be a big inning. And, and to my to that point, someone will be smart enough to sign Correa as a third baseman and not a shortstop. Yeah, good call. He'll outgrow that position. For sure. He already has. Yeah. Uh, Man. Well, anyway, thank you, Sean, for joining us. Thank you, brother. Thank you for having me. It was fun. The first time tonight. You guys are the best. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Congrats, brother. You earned it. (laughs) Take care. Have a good night. So that was Sean on here to celebrate his Dodgers championship. Well deserves the. I'm surprised he didn't show up with a bottle. Just. Yeah. Uh, it's spraying all over. You didn't the come on sounding like Dodgers fans rightfully celebrating. They take a lot of shit throughout the year, and now no one can really say. But, so. By the way, 
I was legitimately scared that Manfred was having a stroke on live TV. I, I didn't I didn't want to make fun of him initially. When I found that he was okay, then then it was off the gloves were off. But yeah, yeah that dude was just slurring his speeches and he my could first not- feeling was to make fun of him because I hate him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, yeah, I totally warranted. I, I think he was drunk. <laughs> I, I think he was drunk too, but I, I was genuinely concerned that he was having a stroke because it just got progressively worse every time they put a mic in front of him. Yeah. He, at one point, he just couldn't move his tongue. His tongue was getting in the way of the words. <laughs> I was just, I was enjoying every minute of that shit. Yeah, thank God he embarrassed himself. Um, yeah, so anyway, Dodgers win the World Series. This, we're in the start of the offseason, so next week we'll come back. We'll see what kind of week it is. Either going to do something like a World Series show. We'll obviously tease it um, Monday morning. Or we'll come back and, and maybe we'll have enough to talk about for a full show. After that, Henry, I think we'll, we might move to bi-weekly during the offseason. Yeah. Yep, think it's much needed. And, Real quick, uh, just to show you how much baseball leads the forefront in COVID stuff, I uh, just got a t- an alert from – the athletic NFL considering a 16 team postseason. Where'd they get that idea from? Wow. I like how they can just do these things on the fly with the trade deadline. Seriously. Yeah. Like that's not going to alter plans. Um, so yeah, we'll be here next week, November 9th, and then probably have a little bit of a hiatus. And then obviously we'll navigate around the holidays. As yeah. Well. The holidays, the winter meetings coming. No, the winter meetings were canceled. Yeah. Are they doing, I mean, I guess they can't really do like a Zoom type thing, right? I mean, what are they going to do? Are they going to have like free agents walk by the screens? You know how they would walk by in the hotel lobby? <laughs> I'm not sure how that works. Uh, and then, I mean, you'll, you'll still have your trades and your movements, but they won't have an official gathering place um, to have the winter meeting. So Okay. And then, yeah, and then in the new year, of course, we will come back. We'll see what kind of format we're coming back in. and uh, Which sucks because I really do like the winter meetings. It's those that's where those trades that no one thought of happened. Like what Yankees got Nick Swisher. Like, wait, what? That wasn't even on the radar. It's just you sit there, you're talking to somebody, you're having a drink. Yeah, I got this guy. I don't know. I have I'll take him, you know. That I'll miss that part of it because there's a lot of deals that happened that just probably would never have happened if, had they not been for the winter meetings. Yeah, I agree. I feel like they're also in Orlando like every three or four years, so yeah. sad. Um, anyway, that'll do it for us here tonight on Dong City. We'll be back next Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Again, we will have a uh, decided president potentially by then as far as the U.S. goes. We'll see how that goes. Um, football still being played. We'll see a lot of things between now and next week. We'll see if Tony LaRusse is still alive. There's a lot to get to. Uh, we'll be back 7 p.m. next week. Dong City. This has been Dong City. Have a great night. Dong City, bitches.